Hi again, this is Amory Zanzel and I'm a lesbian, an ordained minister and a partner to a wonderful woman. And I coach women through the coming out process later in life. I created this series because I believe that through stories and storytelling, we can learn, discover and connect with each other. Hearing other stories always brings us closest, closer together. So I want to introduce my guest tonight is uh, Terry Conway. Conroy. We met, um, I guess, what, four years ago, Terry? Yeah, about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we were in a mutual support group that for other women coming out later in life and online, which I think was really helpful to the both of us. And um, so the thing is, although Terry and I have met before, I don't know her story. So. Terry, drum roll, please. Can you tell us your coming out story? The story, the coming out story. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, I guess I always always kind of knew I was gay. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really have an epiphany um, until I was about early into my forties. Um, but I just felt like I was different growing up my entire life. I um, I remember um when girls were having pressures on boys i didn't really feel that uh that way towards boys they were like my buddies and you know i like to run big wheels and bikes with them mm -hmm. and climb trees but i really wasn't crushing on them um i was kind of crushing on the girls mm -hmm. a little bit but you know there was two things that my that were ingrained in in my brain from from childhood and that was uh you don't date outside your race and you are not gay uh, very strict upbringing. So those thoughts and feelings kind of just were just, I, I couldn't have them in my brain. So anytime I kind of had that, it was just like, okay, you can't have that. So this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So I basically had to, had to learn mm -hmm. how to, how to like that. And, and I did, um, I started dating boys and, um, you know, I, I was actually married at 18, almost 19 for a year, Baby. sweetheart, <laughs> and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. um, and then about four or five years later, I met the father of my, my two children. And, um, you know, I loved, I loved these men. I had great relationships with them. Uh, I'll talk about my, my ex-husband actually. Mm -hmm. uh, a great guy, a uh, great provider. He was solid. He was kind. Uh, he was safe. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted the dream. You know, I wanted the white picket fence and be a stay-at-home stay mom. And mm -hmm. he was able to offer that to me. And my family liked him. So, mm -hmm. you know, why he not? All just, the boxes. Yeah, he, he checked all the boxes. And, and not to go too deep into my childhood, but my childhood was kind of rocky and um, I just felt like, all right, I'm, I'm really going to be accepted and, you know, just be the, the good, the good daughter and the good sibling and, and marry this guy. So we got married and, um, we had two kids. I have a 22 year old son and a daughter that just turned 21 and we had the seemingly perfect life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had the house and, uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for almost 11 years, and and I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. Did I have a loving relationship with with my ex-husband? Absolutely, but it was it was something was missing. Something mm -hmm. was just missing. And I talked to other women 
and they say, well, was it, how was the sex? Can I talk about this? Yeah, <laughs> how was go for it. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, I'm a sexual person and the sex was the sex, you know, sometimes you just want to, sometimes you just want somebody com- comfortable in a warm body and they know you. So this is how I describe it. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> and, you know, when I talked to other, other women, we were, I, I really didn't concentrate too much on my sexuality mm-hmm. while my kids were toddlers. It was all about raising kids. Mm-hmm. So I have sex. Yeah. Like maybe once every three months. And I was fine with that, mm-hmm. but it was all about raising the kids. Uh, what happened was I got older mm-hmm. and got older and I moved from um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to New Jersey. And um, I just started really evaluating my life. Uh, well, you were what? 42? I was about 42. Yeah, that's perfect timing to evaluate your life. Yeah, and I was just, um, something was just missing. And these thoughts and feelings were, were creeping back into my head. And um, I just basically had an opportunity to, exp- I'm going to put this, I had an opportunity to explore, to explore and I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I did that, I remember having a conversation with my sister and saying, I think I'm bisexual. But all the while in my head saying, oh, no. (laughs) And then um, an opportunity came up again with that same woman and it solidified it for me. And Mm -hmm. within three months, I think I came out. Wow. So how was that for you? So you come, are you from Philadelphia? I am. Okay. Originally from What part of Philly are you from? Uh, I lived in the Parkwood section. Okay. And what was it like growing up in Philadelphia? Uh, Philadelphia, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, a lot of the, the houses were like row houses, if you know what a row house is. Oh, I know. I've been to Philly a bunch of times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, everybody on the block, all the kids played together and rode their bikes and played street hockey and, you know, it, it was fun. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. So Irish family, you look Irish. Are you Irish? Irish, uh, English Irish. Yeah. A smidge Irish- of German. Irish family from Philadelphia. So what was it like when you came out? Sorry, so, all the wonderful Irish families. So I say that prior to me coming out, um, I always said that I was, I was not going to be, my, my kids would never have parents that were divorced. I was yeah. dead set, hell bent, that I was not going to be, have my kids go through a divorce. I'm a product yeah, of a divorce family. You did. Mm-hmm. You and did. just swore that I, that wasn't going to be it. But I guess about three months, three years prior to coming out, I had conversations with my ex-husband. I said, you know, I'm just not happy and, you know, not an emotional guy, kind, generous provider, but just not. No, not, no connection. At all. And he would just say, his response was, we just need to have more sex. <laughs> And I'm like, um, no, don't no, think, that's, I don't think it. that's it. Uh, so it, I guess we, we had that conversation every once in a while and he would just kind of blow it off. And if I didn't bring it up again, that it was just status quo and you just go through the motions and, you know, we got along, mm-hmm. we didn't fight, we didn't argue. Um, 
but I guess from what I should say from that time that we started talking about the divorce till until I actually came out was really was really tough for me. Um, I started doing some drinking mm-hmm. more so than I um, I wanted to and just kind of masking that. And when I came out, I decided to just really get a handle on um, being healthy and mm-hmm. uh, started running, started working out. Um, not saying that I don't invite every once in a while, but I, I definitely don't drown myself, my sorrows like I used to do. So the first thing I did was I, t- I told him, listen, this divorce is going to happen. We, we need to separate. We need to split up. Mm-hmm. And then after we did about um, three months after that is when I came out. Mm-hmm. And that was about three months after I had that first encounter. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty quick. Yeah, I didn't just come out of the closet. I was like, you burst the door down. I'm here. (laughs) I just, I, but you know what? That's, that's me. Like, it's, if I am dead set on something, um, I tend not to wait. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to wait. I, I feel like life should be lived and I waited long enough. And, and this is just something that I needed to do. He just, uh, I remember sitting down with him and saying, I have to tell you something and it's really hard. And I'm, I started to cry because I don't like to hurt anybody. I hate mm-hmm. hurting. And he thought I was going to tell him that I was dying. <laughs> um, but I told him, I said, listen, you know, I'm gay and it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, I know the stigmas out there. This isn't something that you did. And he just kind of smiled and he said, I don't believe that. He said, I, I believe that you're, well, no, he was, he was telling me that he didn't believe that I turned, like he turned me again. He, he believed that you were born this way. And he just wanted me to be happy. Wow. Uh, he was pretty he generous. Was good. But yeah. that was, that was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And we have not had a conversation about that since. Uh, our conversations have strictly been about kids and, you know, things that needed to be tied up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did never he remarry? Been... Did he remarry or anything? No, I don't think he's ever had a girlfriend. Wow. No, he's, yeah. my kids, when I moved to Tennessee, did not want to move with me. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter goes to college here and um, my son has a job. Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter now has a job as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't want to make the move. Everything's here. And it's funny. They said, well, we can't leave dad. And it's just amazing. Like my daughter said to me, well, mom, you're versatile. Like you can go and, and do and you'll be fine. And we just worry about dad. And so and they wanted to take care of him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he hasn't had a girlfriend yet. I, he needs one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. I asked the question because sometimes people have some really varied feelings about that. You know, like they're, even though they want to be divorced or they're ready to move on when their significant other from their past relationship has a girlfriend, they're like, it's really hard sometimes. And so I was wondering if that was like that for you. So you're coming, like when you came out to your family and your children, what happened? How was it? Was it okay? Well, yeah, just tell me. Okay. Well, the first people I came out to, I, I guess, were my sister's. Um, my sisters and my best friends. My best friends were like, oh, we knew. And, like, <laughs> really? and they're like, yeah, yeah, we knew. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. My sister's not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, my younger sister was like, really? But we're eight years younger. And I think there's just, you know, because the age we weren't that close, but my older sisters were all like within three years of each other. Mm-hmm. They were all like, oh yeah, we, we see that. Mm-hmm. Um, How many in your family? Uh, I actually have a blended family. I have two stepsisters, um, a sister who is half. We have the same father, different mother. And then I have one sister who, I don't know if you heard that. My sister, <laughs> yeah, we my, did. My sister, my sister also did. And I have um, a sister where we have the same mother and same father. Okay. So lots of girls. All girls. Are you the only gay person in your family? That I'm aware of. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so um, your kids, you told your family everybody was pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my dad, um, my dad and stepmother, that was a different story. I told them we went out to dinner. My older sister was with me for support. Uh he, uh, it's funny, we were having, her sitting there having dinner and my sister was going through a divorce around the same time. And she was talking about this new guy she was dating. And, and my dad looked at me and he said, so who are you date, dating? What's her name? But he was joking. And I'm oh, like, wow. oh. I'm like, well, well <laughs> her name is. and he's like, what? He's like, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and he's like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gay. And he said, oh, that's sick. You know, I do not approve of that. I do not approve of that. And I said, well, dad, I said, I'm not sick. I'm 42 and I'm not asking for your approval, but I just want you to know. Mm-hmm. And um, at this time, I still had my long blonde curly hair. Mm-hmm. And I look more feminine. Presenting. Carrie has changed significantly since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable being my look now. Yeah, but my stepmother said, "I don't understand it. You're such a pretty girl." And growing up, this is one of the things that I heard that the reason why women become lesbians is because they're ugly and they can't find a man. Well, which is ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Are we that forgiving? Like, I want a hot chick. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that though, I think for like our generation, since they're, and you're younger than me, but for our generation, there, there was such as like, like there was no representation other right. than a lot of times like butch lesbians. And, and if you didn't identify on that, like masculine of center, you, you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't look like that. So I can't be right. Especially if you were presenting as, you know, more feminine at that time. And so I'm like so happy now that the kids have all kinds of representation and they see all kinds of lesbians and trans people and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, well, good. At least they can see this and know that that's a possibility for them. Because growing up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, we didn't have that. Coming through the AIDS crisis where there was rampant homophobia. There was no representation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my, my kids, I'll finish telling you about that. My, okay. my kids, um, my daughter actually found out, um, I was texting my first girlfriend and she happened to see the, well, she, she saw my, me enter my code. She was a sneaky little 13 year old and she saw me enter my code. She, she thought something was up. So she went into my phone and she saw my text messages. So she wanted to know who my, my first girlfriend's name was Mel, Melissa. 
and she wanted to know who Mel was. I couldn't lie to her. She saw the texts. I mean, they weren't racy texts, but you could tell that we were interested in each other. Mm -hmm. um, so I told her and I just want you to be you and be happy. And I'm not happy that you and dad are getting divorced and, but I want you to just be you. And so she was really, um, really great with that. She's and, amazing. That yeah. For a 13 year old. Yeah. She hit it out of the ballpark, man. She did. And yeah. I told her, I said, listen, we're going to keep this on the down low, you know, for school. I don't want, cause you know, at this time we were moved over here in New Jersey and the school district's very small. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we'll keep it on the down low. I understand how kids can be. And she said, excuse me, she said, fuck that. <laughs> she said, and you know, I allow my kids to curse to a certain extent. She said, fuck that. She said, if anybody says anything, I'll punch them in the face. And my daughter's not an aggressive person, but mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And she said, I don't care who knows. She mm -hmm. said, you be you. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right. So I told my son, um, you know, I said, listen, I have something to tell you. Uh, I'm gay. He's like, oh, okay. Is that why you and dad are getting divorced? I said, well, not solely, but yeah, pretty much. You know, I didn't want to complicate it too much. Um, he's like, okay. He's like, are you happy? I said, yeah. He's like, all right, cool. Can we get pizza for dinner? <laughs> How old was he? Uh, he was 15 at the time, but okay, he's 20, so, yeah. 22 now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, both of your kids, it was a real non-event. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I hear, I know everybody's story is different and everybody's circumstances are different, but when I hear people that are just going through the messy middles and, you know, my significant other now is going through that. Um, I just, one of the things that I said to my ex-husband was regardless of what's going on with us, I we have to make this as least painful for the kids as we can. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to move away. We're all going to stay in the same neighborhood. We lived to, to this day is a mile from me. Mm -hmm. um, we lived in different households, but we were, he was around the corner. So we never took the kids out of their school. Like we attended functions together. Mm -hmm. um, we just tried to make it as pain, painless as possible for them. Um, well, that's really extraordinary. So it, 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 that requires two parents being really committed to that. And that a lot of times that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he had some hurt. He never, <laughs> he, just the type of person he is, he's not one to show that. And he could have, he could have been nasty with his hurt and anger. Mm -hmm. but he wasn't, he was just mm -hmm. always, and still to this day, we're not best friends. Mm -hmm. um, has he done some passive aggressive things? And absolutely. Mm -hmm. But was it, was he ever nasty to me in front of the kids? No, never was still to this day is not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super impressive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. As you started to come out, what was some of the things that surprised you, like that you didn't expect? And, and, and it's, a, it's a new culture, right? I mean, when you come out later in life, all of a sudden, you know, we've been, we've been on the straight path for a really long time. And 
all of a sudden at 40 or 50 or 30, you know, you're learning a completely new culture. What surprised you the most? Ooh. Besides, you know, the usual. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> um, wow, what surprise. I guess the one, the one thing that just pops up pops into my head is how emotions were okay. Mm. Like I'm an emotional person, not afraid of it. Um, I had to learn to be that way whenever I had children. Um, but I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show my kids positivity, mm-hmm. you know, being in a marriage that even though there, there was love, emotion was never expressed really. And growing up, emotion was never expressed unless it was anger. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found in the gay community is whether you were interested in somebody in that way or not, or just a friend, there was a lot of openness, a lot of acceptance. And I, I just thought that was the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. It was different than, than the straight friends and straight relationships that I've had. They're just having done both they're just different they are yeah Yeah. and and until you've experienced that like like being in straight mommy world it's different than being in like in a group of lesbians like having a party or something like that it's just different Um, and both are both have value it's you know I and as somebody who's who identifies as a lesbian I really appreciate being in a group of my people you know, and like when you said something, it was like something was missing. And um, that's how I feel. It was like there was something missing in my life. And it's so funny. Everybody I've talked to always talk about like they had the white picket fence. They had everything. And you're like, yeah. there's still something missing. And you're trying to figure it out. And for me, it was my sexual orientation. And like you, I was also really dimly. I was always dimly aware of it. Like I always like I sort of had the sneaking suspicion I was but I would just like we there's a famous saying in the mutual support group that Terry and I are in is like you know straight girls don't want to lie awake at night wondering if they're gay right exactly and and, you know I spent a lot of nights awake but you seem to be much more decisive than I did was and you made your mind up really really fast um another thing for me um about the queer community. And, you know, one of the things what I've noticed about when women or men come out later in life is that they do a lot of work on their internalized homophobia, you know, like they work like on, um, you said like, uh, you couldn't be gay. Like that was something that was a message in your youth. And then, you know, you obviously have worked through that, (laughs) you know, but one thing that surprised me is like, you know, people who've been out for a while um, sometimes do have a lot of internalized homophobia and haven't really dealt with some of the things that I think when you come out later in life, you really have to deal with because it's what's kept you in the closet. Right. And with the internalized homophobia that, cause I actually just write up on this, it's being ashamed to admit that you are. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I was going to ask one question. Hold on one second. So when you were coming out, a lot of times people talk about worrying about being accepted by people who've been out for a while. What was your experience? Like, were you accepted? Was it scary? I mean, what happened? 
mostly for me, it's been positive. Me too. I really haven't had, I mean, aside from my, my father and my stepmother with their comments. Um, but I mean, like the queer community, like oh, the queer community? when you've uh, gone out and you've said to somebody, oh, I just came out a couple of years ago or something like that. What? I found, um, I found it to be very accepting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was also not one to, to announce that so much. I mean, mm-hmm. if I had a conversation with somebody, um, like in a meetup group or something that, you know, that was something, but it was, it wasn't like, hi, I'm Terry. And I just been out. Yeah. There. That was something I didn't announce either. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things where like my boss had like, knew I was going, you know, separated and, you know, he's like, so when are you going to get out there and start dating guys? And I'm like, well, I'm actually, I'm dating, but I'm dating women and he gave me a high five. And he's like, good for you. It's like, I never really made that announcement. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is me. Now, I think maybe there was somewhat of an announcement whenever I changed your look. When I changed my look, I, st- I started dressing more of how I felt comfortable. Yeah. And um, then people were like, whoa. So let me ask you. I didn't have to tell people I was a lesbian then. <laughs> no, I think it's apparent. <laughs> so did you, so talk about changing your look because um, again, back to the, the mutual sport group, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm cutting my hair because I want to look more gay. And like the, my favorite, famous favorite comment that somebody once said, she says, if you want to see what a lesbian looks like, look in the mirror. <laughs> Right. There you go. I love that comment because I thought, yeah, that's true. Because I'm somebody who didn't change my look at all. I always, I mean, not that short hair has anything to do with it, right. but I've always had very short hair and, you know, and dressed pretty much like a chapstick lesbian, you know, um, right. but did you, you had long blonde hair and how did you change and how did it happen? Well, I'd have to say throughout my life, I went from really long hair to really short hair. All my life. Um, yeah, back and forth. Even when I was a child. Well, when I was a child, it was always short. And I think that was just for, you know, because there was a lot of kids and they just wanted, you know, it's easier. But when I got older, I let it grow. And then I remember the weekend I came home from my honeymoon, I chopped it all off and it was like really short. Um, and I did that probably about four times throughout my adulthood until I decided to cut it again. Um, I just always felt I don't know how to describe. I just always felt more confident, mm-hmm. more at ease. Um, I think a lot, the only way I can really describe it is when I had the hair, I felt like I was hiding. Mm-hmm. When I had women's clothes on, I felt like I was hiding. Mm-hmm. And not that I didn't not that I didn't like some of the women's clothes, but a lot of them are uncomfortable. Like I think men's clothes are just so comfortable and the pockets are deeper and you know, there's just so many, so many different things. Yeah. Um, but with the haircut, I re I remember dating. Um, she was like my first, my first lesbian love. You, mm-hmm. you had, had, you met her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had long hair at the time. And I remember telling her, that I just really wish I could cut my hair, but I was afraid what people thought. She actually, I was with her almost a year and a half. She actually helped me become this. Mm-hmm. She helped me become comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And although that relationship didn't work out, mm-hmm. I am so grateful that she 
gave me that. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know what, who cares? You, you're you. And if you feel more comfortable wearing t-shirts and sneakers and short hair, then do it. Just mm-hmm. be you. Mm-hmm. And since when I went from that transition to long hair and, you know, covering, just wearing like different clothing that I wasn't happy with, like dresses to weddings and stuff. Um, friends, family saw a change in me. They saw me become more confident. Mm-hmm. Like I'd walk into a room and I would be smiling. I wouldn't be like, kind of like my shoulders mm-hmm. were, I just, my whole affect had changed. Mm-hmm. And, um, but people's perception of that, um, I guess some were shocked. Mm-hmm. Some told me that they liked me better with long hair. Mm-hmm. And my response was, I like me better with short hair. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, well, then you do you. And that's, mm-hmm. what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a good look for you. You look very good like that. Thank you. Know, you. It really is. It, it works for you. You know, it's really interesting because my partner, um, she's been out for a gazillion million years, you know, mm-hmm. She'll kill me if I say how much, um, but I know she is. <laughs> but she, um, you know, it's really interesting because I'm probably one of the more femme women she's been with, and um, so being with me gave her permission to move more towards the you know more masculine of center more you know she's always worn more in men's clothes for years um like her mother used to give her a really hard time every time she had super short hair and stuff like that and and now she dresses like that and it was it was really interesting to watch because um being like being around us all you know because she was around us or all the people that had we're doing all this transformation stuff. It, it allowed her and gave her permission to become more of herself in her lesbian identity, which is more, you know, sort of her friends sort of tease her. They call her a band-aid butch because she can put it off, take it off and put it on. <laughs> I've you never know. heard of that term. That's it, awesome. It's one we make up. <laughs> I've got a whole bunch of made up books. But you know, she, if she wants to, she can look more feminine, but typically she dresses very you know, much more masculine than right. she used to years ago. And so there's pictures of her in these flowery blouses and stuff like that. But now she dresses much more. Right. Yeah. So thank you. It's been really interesting talking, talking to you, Terry. I really, really enjoyed it and hearing your story mm-hmm. and everything. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today. And so I've got my three questions for you. All righty. Which I warned you about. Yes. What is your coming out song? coming out song um mm, I don't think it came out at the time but can I use it if it's a newer one Mm -hmm. I like uh broken but beautiful who's that by by Kelly Clarkson ah that's a nice song it's, it's not about perfection but it's about owning who you are and your faults and flaws and and you're still beautiful okay second question Last movie or book that changed your perspective? Uh, I would have to say what I'm currently reading now, and that's um, Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Anything by Brene Brown is is incredible. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Someday I would like to meet her. That's like one of my lifetime goals. You know that? Yeah. Okay. Well, they also like that. So for anybody who's watching this, who is thinking about coming out later in life, it is, she just does like what she talks about is 
what the later in life journey is. You know, I feel like, you know, she talks about like the power of vulnerability, which is a very famous TED talk that she did. And it's like coming out when you're 40, 30, 40 or 50 is perhaps the most vulnerable thing you can do in a very heteronormative society. And, um, you know, it's about letting go of fear and, you know, you're finding your authentic self. So everything she talks about is really what happens to you when you come out later in life. It is such a learning experience about yourself and about who you are and stuff. So that's why I love Brene Brown. Yeah, she's awesome. And that vulnerability, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. So best thing about your life right now. Oh, the best thing about my life right now is uh, what just happened to me this week. I got a, a permanent work from home position. Cool. Um, I can uh, I can move back to uh, to New Jersey. Um, I can pursue a new love. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens to live in the same state as me, which is unheard of. Community. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and. Um, just um life is good life is good just uh just i guess using your word being authentic Mm -hmm. i just there's nothing more rewarding than being able to show yourself and um you know not necessarily having people accept it but just being just being who you are i think Mm -hmm. that's got to be the most rewarding thing accepting yourself not looking for others to accept you Yeah. And I think that's like one of the biggest learning curves in this is that a lot of us, when the reason we got to where we were like in a straight life, when we really didn't belong there was because we were, we were learned, we learned how to people please a long time ago. And so coming out later in life teaches you not to really care what other people think. Oh yeah. And just care about what you think and maybe a couple, a handful of other people, but like, mm-hmm. like the greater, like you, you just, you have, because you, one thing is that we have to learn not to care about, you know, what other people think because people can be tough to the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ community. And Absolutely. so learning not to care and just being authentically who you are is really, it's real that, that journey of coming out later teaches you that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, honey bun. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really, really appreciate it. And um, for the forum, I it's uh, hopefully I can give some insight and hope to somebody else out there. Yeah. And and I think a lot of the women are doing that because they're just so they just want to share what's happened to them because it's and that we can do it. You can do this. I know sometimes people are like, I don't think I can do this. And when way back, I spent six months in the fetal position, (laughs) deciding whether I could do it or not. And then I found, I think finding other people that share this story, because I think sometimes we think we're the only ones, right? Right. When we start and then, oh, who's anybody listening? There is a whole lot of us out there. Yeah. That's how I found the group. I thought I was the only one. I was out for a couple of years and I Googled coming out later in life and, and boom, that's how I, uh, yeah. And, and I, I Googled later in life lesbian and, and, and actually I, I had tried to come out like a couple times before and I just, 
lost my nerve or, you know, couldn't find anybody or like talk to somebody who had this horrible experience. And then when I got into the group, I was like, oh my God, there are other people like me. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. all these women talking about this attraction to women. And I was like, I thought I was the only one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then you find out you're not. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very cool. All righty. Well, thank you. All right. You're welcome. Have yep. a nice, uh, nice Christmas and happy new year. I don't you talk. Too. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.